This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. Joining me this week, two friendly sprites who promise to help guide me through the forest, Kara Shamborski. Hey. And a very special guest, Elsa Chartier. Hi. Thank you both for joining me this week. I am so very excited to talk to both of you about comics. But before we get into things, I have one quick announcement. We have a book club coming up on June 5th on our Discord. If you're not already on there, head over to ircbpodcast.com slash Discord and come and chat about Sweet Tooth Volume 1 with us. My heart is ready to break with this new TV series that's coming out, so I'm rereading the comic book. I'm very excited about that. And before we get into talking about comic books, because I do have a legally mandated question to ask, I do need to ask our guest to tell us a little bit about herself. Elsa, I'm so happy that you could be here on the show. Could you tell the folks at home a little bit about who you are? Uh, Sure, absolutely. So, hi, everyone. My name is Elsa. I'm an artist and writer. I guess I can say cartoonist. I don't know whether that applies or not. (laughs) Anyway, I do... <laughs> I've heard it used interchangeably. You know, yeah, people say feel, illustrator, feels, cartoonist. It feels fancy to say cartoonist. So I'm going to go right, ahead right. and call myself a cartoonist. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I do comics. I did. Uh, I worked for DC and Marvel for a number of years, uh, although I started out doing some indie uh, work. And then uh, about uh, three years ago, I decided to move back to indie comics. And so uh, since then, I've been working on my own creator-owned books. And I also do Kickstarters, and I have a YouTube channel um, with my partner. And so basically, that's what I do. Amazing. And you've got a brand new Patreon where people can get exclusive content from you, yeah? Yes, yes, I do. You know, it's it's a nice way to get in touch, to, to have a different form of, of communication, um, with people that follow my work and I post uh, things that I don't show on social media, process stuff, and uh, and I have a newsletter over there as well, comic book curation newsletter. So yeah, lots right. of things on my plate. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> I feel like I feel like over the last like few months, it's just there is this huge explosion of everything um, Elsa. And I love it. I'm like so happy to to be able to see your work regularly and like see all the stuff that you do on YouTube and the Patreon series. I mean, like there's so much stuff. I don't yeah. understand how you manage to do all of this and also create comic books. It's incredibly impressive. Well, thank you. Well, first of all, um, on the YouTube channel, it's not just me. I'm doing it with my partner. He's doing like oh, right. the, the book of the world. His name is Pierre Collinet. And he's a writer uh, too. And uh, and we have an, uh, an art studio together. And we worked on lots of books together. The Star Wars that I did with IDW were written by him. So he's doing the book of the work, basically. I just write gotcha. my text and uh, deliver them on camera. But the whole, you know, editing and directing and, and all of that, it's, uh, you know, he's doing it. Uh, it would awesome. not be, I would not be able to do it by myself. <laughs> it's so interesting that, you're uh, and I say interesting I mean fabulous that you have someone that you can collaborate with in different mediums like not just not just the one yeah um you know we've we've known each other for a long time and we kind of moved into comics together and uh so I think that a lot of things that I do um it's because we talked about it first together and I don't know it's like I like working as a team first of all mm-hmm. and we kind of um, our own tastes inform what the other person will do and vice versa and so we kind of create everything that we do is kind of um, a mix of both of the things that we would like to do independently but you know together it's always better it's easier ultimately one plus one equals three you know (laughs) (laughs) and also we know each other very well naturally so it's easier to work with someone that you know uh they know your 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 strength uh your your what you can't do uh Mm -hmm. and all of that so of course it's always better to do it with someone that you trust Absolutely. That's what definitely. That's what we do here. I trust you, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> thank you. You know, and I trust you, Kara. You know, I, you I wouldn't have been able to put you know you guys wouldn't have been able to put that Star Wars series together that you did had it not been for the massive amount of trust that I was somehow I was able to give because as much as I want to control every bit about this show, you guys put on a fantastic fantastic show. It's amazing. So I trust you guys implicitly, everybody on the show. Aww. But anyways, you know, I have to get into this this question that I've got to ask every single week. And that is, how have you been 
how have comic books been? So let's just jump right back to you, Elsa. How have you been? What comic books have you been reading? All of that stuff. Uh, I have been okay. Although if I'm being totally honest, uh, it hasn't been the best week. <laughs> oh. um, yeah. And you know, I'm tired. It's just like we said, lots of things. Um, it's my own fault. You know, I, I don't know. I can, I, I would like to stop <laughs> or like slow down, but I, I don't seem to be able to. And mostly I'm happy about it, but sometimes it's just like, ugh, this is a bit too much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this was a bit of a too much week. So I'm kind of beat, <laughs> honestly. Um, uh, but I am very um, glad that I can turn to books whenever I feel down. And this week I've been reading a lot of uh, books that I had uh, bought, but uh, didn't get a chance to read. So this is always a nice way to wind down after a tough week nice nice uh any books in particular that you'd want to shout out for the show um sure i have been um catching up on my deadly class very nice yeah yeah. which is a book that i adore like it's easily on my top 10 of my favorite books ever i think it's a fantastic comic um, and also, I have been reading today two books. Well, they're quick to to read because it's mostly pictures of John McNaw. I don't know that I'm pronouncing his name right, but it's uh, it's those are not you know um, monthly released comic books. It's more graphic novel format. I think mm-hmm. it's No Brow that um, puts his books out. And so I've been reading that. Um, it's very illustrative. It's a lot of small panels and um, poetic, um, you know, lots of things about nature and people taking the time to look at nature and all that. And it's it's beautiful. It's not a tough read. <laughs> it's easy to read gotcha. and it's just gorgeous. Sounds like the right kind of meditative content that maybe you needed if this week was overwhelming exactly right. like i wouldn't have been able to process like a watchman for example <laughs> this would have been too much totally understandable you know um we'll have to look those up if, if if it's something that's that's a nice easy read i'm always looking for something like that because i feel like in comics we want to we always want to find like the next like big thing that's going to like really make you think and you've got to find these deeper inner themes and stuff but sometimes it's just nice to have a, a book that's just you know, just there to, to kind of just read and just not have to think too hard about and just enjoy. So yeah, exactly. That's... And on, on that same, uh, you know, theme, although it's very different, I bought the collected edition of uh, Bone, which I had never read. Oh, and nice. So, yeah, it's, that's the same sort of books, um, although it's very different because it's all black and white or, or just inks. And it's a like real story, but it's mostly it reads on one level and that's good, you know. It is, mm-hmm. like you said, not everything has to be <laughs> like on many different levels of understanding. And um, so, yeah, I think I'm, I'm into like simple, easy to read books right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's understandable. I think when you're when you're doing a lot of work, like analyzing art and stuff like that, like you've been doing on your YouTube channel, like I think it's nice to just sit back and kind of just take something like face value. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, Kara, what about you? How have you been? What kind of comic books have you been reading? I am also exhausted, but for different reasons. Uh, so it's the we're, it's the end of the school year at the school where I work at, and that means lots of exams, and I'm in charge of the exams. And there's so many things that could go wrong, so I'm very like forced, detail oriented right now. But instead of deciding to read something chill and relaxing i thought let's do moby dick (laughs) all right so a little bit of backstory i recently finished listening to the audiobook version of moby dick because a few years ago i tried reading it and got i thought halfway but now i understand i only got about a quarter of the way through before i realized Mm -hmm. that i was just tuning out the te- the prose is so dense but mm-hmm. listening to it in audiobook form it was more like somebody telling a story to me and it was easier for me to absorb what was happening and gotcha. to get annoyed 
at Herman Melville, the author, for being so descriptive. I'm like, I get it. You know a lot about whales. I get it. You put a whole chapter about the symbolism of the color white in your book about symbolism. Like, I get it. You have a lot to say. Um, so, and uh, actually, this was this was partially inspired by my research for our episode today with Elsa uh, diving into her YouTube channel and uh, a theme that you come back to a few times is how comics as a medium are different from the other visual mediums. And so considering adaptations, you consider the strengths of the comic book medium. And so while while browsing through Hoopla to look for um, a comic that would spark my attention, I saw that there is an English translation of a French comic adaptation of Moby Dick. So it's like you start with cool. English, you adapt it to a French comic book, and then you translate it back into English. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So this this uh, adaptation of Moby Dick is by Christophe Chaboutet. Uh, Glenat published it in France, and then Dark Horse published it in, in English. And all of the dialogue in this adaptation is... Herman Melville's dialogue. None of it got changed. It's just interpreting the great American novel as a graphic novel instead of like 300 pages and Mm -hmm. using the sense of the passage of, of time in the comic book medium to show the, the monotony of being at sea and all of the action is really these shorter uh, conversations that the sailors have or that, the infamous Captain Ahab uh, has. And having just listened to the whole novel, it was interesting for me to read the comic adaptation and see how detail-oriented the artist was. Like, there is a whole chapter in the novel where uh, the, like, our narrator protagonist Ishmael is in a chapel in New England before he ships out on the Pequod. And it's just this whole sermon from the preacher about uh, the biblical story of Jonah and the whale. And while the sermon is happening, Ishmael is noticing all these different um, like memorial plaques on the wall of all these uh, whalemen who have died at sea. And it's just, it goes on and on in the novel And in this comic book adaptation, the artist was able to convey within like four panels Mm. everything that was happening in this huge (laughs) chapter. And the power of comic books. Exactly. (laughs) Are you saying that it's Moby Dick but better? Because that's the bold claim. (laughs) It's not not Moby Dick but better. It's Moby Dick but maybe if you're not going to sit down and read all of Moby Dick, you can still get the sense of the story, yeah. the overarching themes of the story. If you if you want to read Moby Dick, but you are bored by 400 pages about different types of whale species, this is probably going to be a better solution. Okay, so, so I guess that would, you know, if you don't have the patience for that, but still you want to appear smart at a party, you should <laughs> read the graphic novel adaptation is what you're saying. <laughs> Like post post COVID, the first cocktail party we all go to. Yes, I read Moby Dick during quarantine. <laughs> what did you do with your pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm just looking through the art on this, like uh, just a preview of it. Uh, I, it's black and white. It looks gorgeous. It reminds me of this artist that I I've loved her work for years. Uh, uh, who does like these very like stark charcoals almost, but obviously there's a, there's a lot more like thinner line work done. Um, Claire Connolly is her name. She's like a New Jersey based artist. Um, man, I think I'm picking up this graphic novel. I didn't think I'd ever want to read Moby Dick period. Um, and now you've, you've now convinced you me that maybe, maybe I will read a boat about or book about a boat and a whale. <laughs> the book is Let's about obsession, it. Mike. It's about obsession. Right. I, I mean, I know there's, it's, big, it's bigger than that. Uh, I'm going to try to read this one at face value and see what it, <laughs> what I can take from it. Um, I haven't read but, uh, it. If that's... it makes you feel better, <laughs> I've oh, never okay. read it. Yeah, okay, I probably good. lied what, once or twice saying that I had. <laughs> it's I definitely never... one of those. It's definitely one of those books where 
people know the highlights and they know the characters because they've just been circulated in different media and different references for so long. It's like, even if you haven't read it, you kind of get the idea of who Captain Ahab is and you know Moby Dick is the whale. And uh, yeah, Yeah, it's it's an ocean voyage. There's an entire concept album by like one of my favorite bands ever called Mastodon. And uh, they do an entire Moby Dick theme album. So I know a lot about Moby Dick, I think, (laughs) through listening to that music. I don't think that they're depicting the whole book. But, you know, I understand the name Captain Ahab. I know there's a whale involved in the story. So um, (laughs) anyways, um, for me, really quick, before I oust myself for being any, any more ignorant and naive, let me talk about some of the books that I've read recently. Uh, I read Young Shadow by Ben Spears. Uh, Brett from our Discord recommended this book before when it was on pre-order. And um, I was really excited to get it. Uh, The idea is Young Shadow is a street vigilante in Bolt City, uh, helping people in his neighborhood, busting criminals and doing good work for the people in his neighborhood. When he discovers that a crime organization comprised of trust fund punks, cops and a CEO plan to push their power in the city, Young Shadow decides he needs to stop them. Uh, and this feels like kind of a cut and dry, like just street vigilante type story. Um, but I think that Ben Spears really tackles this book from a, an angle of street vigilantes don't have to be Batman or Daredevil or Spider-Man. They can be kind of like wholesome people that kind of have a chip on their shoulder, but ultimately are like very good people. And I guess maybe Spider-Man's a bad comparison. Um, but I feel like, you know, Daredevil really fits this niche or maybe even Punisher of just like this street level vigilante thing. And I was really impressed overall with this book's just ability to convey an extremely lived in but fantastical style city. Um, so this is this is from Fantagraphics. So there's kind of like this artsier side to the entire book. And I think that Ben Spears's art style really reminded me of I, I know this sounds ridiculous, but some of the kind of like sci-fi elements of early Dragon Ball in a lot of ways where there's just kind of these impossible buildings that you're like, that's a really cool shape. Why couldn't it be a building? Who cares if it's not structurally unsound? So there's like this fantastical out like urbanism that it, it exists in the book that I, I really, really liked the city of bolt city feels big, but it also feels like whenever young just, or excuse me, young shadow is on the ground. Like it feels very like real and like a place that you could actually understand. So um overall was i was this book was pretty okay like the story is very straightforward like he's got to bust some punks and he busts some punks because they're trying to you know make this city worse and uh i will the one last thing i'll say about this is that the book the the three-tone palette of this book it's like black white and yellow um is really really amazing like it's striking um i think spears's ability to like lean into this huge world with these big blocky elements um but then using like the harshness between black and yellow um, is really, really smart. And it creates this really interesting kind of shadowy thing. And he does something with uh, either a, some sort of tool to create these really staticky like shadows that he, I thought he was able to like masterfully combine with just harsh blacks to really give you a distinct like feeling of, of darkness in the city without just drawing pages in all black. So um, I, I thought it was really cool. I probably want to check out his other work, um ben spears apparently has this kind of in-universe story that includes young young shadow and a bunch of other books so i'll probably try something else out i feel like when it comes to fanographics books um you're always getting something a little different so why not why not dig more into this guy's uh backlog yeah i agree um, i'm looking at the art right now and wow this is whew, unique yeah it's it's a super beautiful book i mean i think he he has a really distinct style that i think is it's just it's it seems like it's almost cartoonish but the story its subject matter is a little bit more serious so it adds like a really nice contrast i started to google young shadow and google tried to tell me to look up young sheldon instead (laughs) (laughs) oh no oh no very different uh maybe not so different I don't know. Uh, the other book I want to talk about really quick is uh, Dungeon Critters. This is by Natalie Reese and Sarah Gocher. Uh, this is a book that was part of a book club that I'm in. And I was really upset that I had to read it because it I, in the book club nominations for books, I really wanted to read The Autumn Lands, Tooth and Claw. But uh, this one ended up winning by a couple of votes. So I went into it kind of just being like, whatever, I'll mm. read this other book. And it turns out it's the best book that I've read in 2020 so far, period. Ooh. Or excuse oh, me, 2021. Plan all right whatever year it is it is it, the story follows this fantasy style like anthropomorphic group of characters who kind of fit 
a standard role in your D&D style party. They get swept up in this mystery involving a royal family and a mysterious evil plant. And then there's some big bad that's out there. You know, you're kind of like standard like fantasy D&D story where they, the heroes need to save the day based on this thing. But the stakes are stacked up against them. But every single character in this book is super lovable. Um, we've got Prince Chirp, who's an extremely excitable frog whose roguish tendencies get her in trouble constantly. Goro, who's the strongest, most fun, most mysterious snake person you've ever met. He has the best one-liners in the group. There's Rose, who's a sorceress cat who just can't seem to find the right time to say the right thing. And June, the, quote, magical botanist, a.k.a. druid dog, who's the only level-headed one in the party. So, of course, as the story goes on, everyone kind of fits these roles. And there's so much so much passion and character in every single page of, of this book. Like, I, I implore you to go look this up because it is so beautiful like this this book every single page is you could print it out put it on the wall and i think the reason for that is because this originally started as a webcomic that eventually grew into a much bigger story and the 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 pair of creators here decided that you know publishing through first second was probably the best way to do things yeah this is like a really all ages book like there's there's violence and there's stakes and there's there's all sorts of character developments and twists and turns that i as a 30 year old really really love but i think that if i gave this to a 12 year old kid who was just looking for a nice book to read they would love this as much as i did that might be because i'm a child and i enjoy childish things but i also think that there's like a lot of really good humor in this that it doesn't matter how old you are um you'll think this is a really good time and it feels like a a really strong modern book like a book that was created in 2020 2021 just with the the type of humor and the type of characters that are in it and i think the there's an emphasis on like at one point in the story with this royal family that gets involved there's this emphasis on uh, like the gendering of royal names, right? Like the gendering of king and queen and prince and princess and stuff like that. And why do we even do that in the first place? Um, which I thought was a really interesting note when you've when you're thinking about a book that's kind of all ages. This this um kind of pushing this idea that like none of this stuff really matters. It's just titles. Why do we care? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a really cool thing um, that this book was doing and not in a way that's like boys are not this and girls are not that. It was just kind of in the story naturally. Um, and mm-hmm. I, we were talking about that quite a bit in our book club. I love this book. It's the first second constant with the bangers and I don't understand how, but I'm so happy that they keep knocking out books like this. It's and yeah, they're crazy good. Yeah. Um, I feel like the last three or four years, they've just been killing it. It's um, a few years ago, I was a, I was talking to an editor at New York Comic Con from first second. And he told me that he would send me a box with their more recent books and some that were published earlier, but the, you know that they still liked a lot. And they sent me this box with maybe like five or six books inside them inside and uh i have loved and that's rare for me because i tend to like one book out of two i'm like "Eh." you know i'm -hmm. i'm I'm not liking everything that i read but those books were just most of them incredible i was very Mm -hmm. very surprised at the overall quality of uh of what they're putting out exactly and it's great because i feel like a lot of those books are accessible by any like type of reader like you could pick this up with a lot of comics knowledge or no comics knowledge and you'll still have a lot of fun and it's all it's mostly all ages and it's mostly like leaning towards like a larger audience than what tom comics typically caters towards so mm. i don't know what they're doing but they're doing something right over there yeah. <laughs> well it's kind of that that attitude of uh not just putting yourself in the direct market and focusing on like a book sized format that can go in a bookshop or get sold at a book fair or mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. When, when people are buying like especially for these all ages books say you have a birthday party coming up for your kid and your relatives have no idea what to get them a lot of them are going to go into a bookstore and say what should i get my kid and it's they're going to pick visually and it's just like a better chance of reaching a wider audience of people who are not specifically tuned in to comic books and what the comic right. book world is doing. Definitely. Well, let's uh, let's move on a little bit. Let's talk about comic books that are coming out in the next couple of weeks or so. Comics are coming out on May 26, 2021 here in the U.S. What are you both excited for this week? Let's start with you, Kara. So 
in direct contrast to saying, I just read Moby Dick in graphic novel format. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> looking ahead to the comic books coming out this week, top of my list, you all might remember that few months ago i was really excited about the my little pony transformers crossover comic books (laughs) and they're back (laughs) Uh my little pony transformers the magic of cybertron and issue number two is out this week and the cover is just like rainbows and robots everywhere I mean, that sounds awesome. Right? Like, sometimes I just want comics to be super fun and not have to be something serious. Uh, Mm -hmm. In that Mm -hmm. vein, there were a couple uh, DC comics that stood out to me. There's a Stargirl Spring Break special. And Mm -hmm. the Stargirl television series on the CW is, I think, a good representation of everything I liked about DC Comics, like team-based books in the mid-2000s. And... When I went to my local comic shop after binging season one and asked for anything Stargirl or JSA, they just kind of laughed at me because everyone's been buying those books. (laughs) So uh, excited that DC is publishing some new stuff. And Mm -hmm. I I am a fan of one shots because I like to think that most of them are accessible to new readers and cognizant of the fact that people are going to be intimidated by something like detective comics which has been going for a million years which mm-hmm. funnily enough was my third quick pick detective comics 1036 i know <laughs> i know i know i have like literally never read a detective comics issue but uh there's a new huntress costume design and <laughs> it's on the cover of that one um uh-huh. there's this new uh batman and huntress story and mariko tamaki is the writer And so right there, I'm already sold. That's exciting. Yeah. And Huntress gets a costume redesign every few years. She is, I would, I would say, bold claim, my favorite DC Comics character if I had to pick one. And it's like, of course, we're not counting Batman because Batman is everyone's favorite. But um, (laughs) but, uh, like Huntress is my favorite. There's so much darkness and complexity there and i it's easy to compare her to daredevil because they both have like the catholicism thing going on but her Mm -hmm. family is actually a mob family so they're able to do a little bit more with that that's interesting to me and uh her costume almost always seems to involve some kind of like midriff being exposed Mm -hmm. and for a really long time it was just here are her entire abs like just everything and i'm like she's running around at night (laughs) She's running around at night. That is just pale skin. That light is going to bounce off of and betray her location. What are you doing? But uh, so for this costume redesign, she has just a slip of belly showing. And I was looking at it and decided I'm not mad because high waist pants and crop tops are in right now. So I've decided that this was an intentional trendy take on huntress's costume and i will i will not be mad about it unless i see it in action and all of a sudden they're just showing it like ass shots of her or something but right you know i hope i hope it'll be good maybe progress just from a cover maybe we're seeing some progress fingers crossed (laughs) uh well elsa what about you what are you excited for it's coming out in the near future um so i live in a like remote place and I don't have a comic book store around me. Um, like the first one is like maybe two hours away. <laughs> um, oh, wow. So okay. yeah, I haven't picked up monthly issues in a long, long time. Basically since I left Paris okay. where I used to like go every week and pick up my comics. So now I will wait for trades uh, to come out or I will buy graphic novels. So I don't, I don't, buy monthly issues anymore and also like i don't have the space to store them uh they take up a lot of space so i don't have anything i don't have a pull list anymore i used to love that but i don't um but in terms of what is coming out i was wondering if there was a new deadly class um like trade that maybe i haven't read so i would like to order that i i've read five so far do you know if there's like one more or I think that there is, I think six, seven, and 
eight. Oh, I think really? there's a couple oh, well, more volumes, yeah, actually. Series is okay, yeah, well, actually, I have seven, eight, and nine. Great. So I will pick that up. I'm excited for that. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't, you know, I don't tend to follow what is coming out, really. I should, gotcha. I guess. But I just, whenever I see like a book come, uh, popping up on my either Instagram or Twitter, uh, often it's a book that, that, that came out a while ago and I will get them, you know, because it interests mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. But I don't really follow, I follow artists though. So, so I know when their book are coming, uh, their books are coming out. Um, gotcha. But, you know, I don't, I tend to buy what is catching my eye at the moment and it's rarely something that just came out although i did just get the trade for blue and green oh that that book was absolutely fantastic i don't if you haven't read it yet i wish you the best of luck that book is incredible i have read the first issue of it okay okay uh, and i don't know why i needed to process it so i put the trade down and i will get back to it uh, but it started off very interestingly. I'm very curious about whether, mm-hmm. where this is going. The art is just stunning and the writing is excellent. The prose is great. I love the captions, the use of captions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole and, design of that book is incredible. I mean, just every page yeah. is, is stunning. I yeah. am unnerved by the cover. Yes, <laughs> the I think it's supposed unnerving. to unnerve you. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it's a point. I actually did a cover for one of the um, one of the issues, a variant cover, I think it was. Um, so oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, a while back, uh, I did a horror because that's the obviously the theme. And going back to what you were saying about the art, and I'm very you know because my art is so so like on the opposite of the art spectrum of what the artist is doing, I'm just, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to wrap my head around how, you know, they work because like, you know, I can understand pencils, inks, colors, but it seems like for work, like, um, his work is like, how does it go about building a page? Because it seems like it's so artsy, you know, like painterly. (laughs) It seems so very different than just your regular comic book process. So I would, I have no idea how he goes about um, creating those pages. I'm very curious about that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the the thing. It's I mean, I got to imagine you're just sitting here re- trying to reverse engineer just everything on some of these pages. Because even as a reader, I'm just I'm floored with the mix amount of like types of art that are, appear on those pages. It reminds me almost of like like Marco Rudy does this in a lot of his books where it seems like he's using two or three different types of like media to to create his book like it'll be charcoals and then it'll be pencils yeah. and inks and then it'll be clear watercolors and stuff and it's like and that's all the stuff that i'm just kind of familiar with i'm not even that artsy of a person you know yeah uh, martin simmons does that too yeah yeah, yeah and yeah, i've yeah. seen some of those you know pictures of some of his originals and it's like stunning I, you would think this is digital but no this is all on a page on original art it looks incredible yeah, the, I I have to imagine the scanning process for those is is a whole problem. Yeah, I can't I can't imagine. <laughs> right. Um, well, for me, I guess before I get into my picks, I want to shout out some of the folks on Discord who are listening. Uh, Danny said their pick was Reptile number one. Uh, BN said their pick was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Last Ronin number three, and Cinco said their pick was Black Panther number twenty five. Uh, for me this week, I'm excited for the Blue Flame number one particularly because it's from vault, but also because it's written by Christopher Cantwell with art by Adam Gorham and K Michael Russell. I'm kind of perplexed because vault comics doing a superhero book feels like a, a strange choice given all the other books that they do. I figure eventually comic book publishers, you're, you're going to do a superhero book, but when it comes to vault comics, I know that whatever they're doing, it's usually a very different take on whatever genre they're publishing. So I'm excited to see what Cantwell is doing with this. It seems like the premise of the book has got a pretty interesting twist. There is this superhero called the Blue Flame. We don't really know who they are. We don't know why they've had multiple, I guess, careers or paths in life. Like they were an HVAC worker and then they were a superhero and then they were this and then they were that. And now they're, I guess the premise of the story is that they need to prove to the universe that humanity is worth saving. So whatever that's going to mean for this book, 
seems like there's a lot that can be unpacked there. I'm all for it. And again, it's Vault Comics, so you're always going to get something pretty interesting from them. So I'm really excited to see where this book is going to go. But yeah, that's uh, that's my pick for this week. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk to Elsa a little bit more about her YouTube channel and a bunch of other things that she's got going on. So we'll be back in just a minute. For our show this week, as I said, we're talking to Elsa Chartier about her YouTube series and everything that she's been doing on the internet over the last couple of years, including a, an incredibly successful Kickstarter. So I guess, Elsa, to get us started, um, how did this YouTube series, you kind of told us a little bit about it in the start of the show, like how did this all come to be? What drove you to like start this YouTube channel where you're breaking down comics and talking about books in a book club? Um, where did it all come from with uh, you and your partner? Okay, so it's a not a long story, but it started a few months ago. Um, during our, our Kickstarter campaign, we had one of the stretch goals was to put together a con at home because it was like midway through the pandemic and people were sad right. about not going. It, it was in the fall and people were like, oh, I miss, you know, um, shows that ha- that we usually go to during fall. Mm-hmm. And so we did that. It was a two-day event online where I, you know, sketched and, and, and took questions and had guests. And so it was fantastic. Uh, Pierrick handled the whole, basically he directed like um, a live TV show. It was incredible. And, uh, right. and he had a lot of fun doing that. And I did too, but he was like, Oh, I love this so much because he started out as uh, he wanted to become a director. That was his gotcha. initial. Yeah, he well he went to film school, and so that was b- before you know moving on to comics and writing comics. That was what he wanted to do, and I think that uh, doing the con at home kind of awake that part of him that had been uh, sleeping for the past few years. And so it was like, I want to do a YouTube channel. I think that we could do, I, I, I know the technical aspects of things. I could put something really nice together. Do you want to, you know, write text and break down, break down comics? There is, um, I don't think there are any YouTube channels that are doing what we want to do the way we want to do it. So what do you think? And I thought that was a great idea. So we started that in December, November. I think that we started shooting the the first episodes in November. And we didn't release any of it until I think it was April, like beginning of April. Mm -hmm. Because it took that much time to figure out everything and make sure that everything was perfect. Because Pierrick is a perfectionist in the true Hmm. sense of the term. Like, (laughs) really, it's not at random that a lot of people and basically everyone looking at the channel is saying, Oh my God, the production is incredible. It's because he spends so much time researching and catching up to things that he hadn't been following, like the lightning and all of that. And so he worked like crazy for like six months before we even started um, uh, really launching the channel. So that's uh, basically the, um, how it happened. (laughs) That definitely answers my first question, which was going to be, oh, yeah, this is so clearly high production values. You had a very intentional rollout. Like you could have mm-hmm. just started recording on your phone and said, this is fine and posted it. But right. you didn't. You decided to make it this really like there's there's zooms. There's like graphic elements moving behind you on the screen. There's projections on the walls while you're sketching Mm-hmm. And I was just watching it and thinking, yes, of, of course, one must become a patron of this. This doesn't just happen. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, I mean, the you know, on, along those same lines, you know, I was I was overall just like floored by like, I, I think you see a lot of YouTubers who will who will grow into a level of where I think your show is at from the get go or from where your channel is at from the get go um, as they learn more and more. And it, it clearly, um you, you the two of you have studied your the craft and i you know made sure that you you're highlighting the correct things while being things are being spoken like the the editing in a lot of your videos when you're doing page breakdowns just 
has blown my mind like in terms of getting me to think more about comic books and thinking about page layouts and thinking about intentional pieces of things that are on the page because i think you know as readers we take a lot of things for granted and you highlighting things like the hawkeye breakdown um is the one that really sticks out in my mind um just talking about the way that lines are used to draw your attention as a reader and I noticed since watching those videos, I'm starting to see little bits and pieces of those um, and understanding why my eyes are doing the thing that they're doing. Like I was reading a book the other day and I noticed that the word bubbles were kind of out of order. But when I read the page, it didn't seem out of order. And I noticed that there were very, quote unquote, hidden, you know, directional mm-hmm. guidelines to draw me back upwards, you know, on the page to read the last word bubble in the correct order. And I was just I'm blown away that, that that artists are thinking about that. And so seeing you break things down like that on your channel is just just incredible to me. I, I really, really enjoy it. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It felt like being let in on a secret code. And actually, that episode made me so mad because my reaction was, <laughs> what yeah. do you mean artists are manipulating me? <laughs> Mind controlling me. And it's, it's funny because... Um, you know, as an artist, I do that every day. It's my it's my job, and of course, I know most of those techniques. And I had a moment where I was like, but probably no one that doesn't work in comics actually know them. Uh, and it, 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 you know, it's natural for me, but it turns out it is not for a lot of people because, you know, when you when you don't have to do this for a living, you can just read and enjoy comics without having to think about all of this because you don't need to. And it's good. You should enjoy a book and not seeing, you know, the wheels and all of the behind the scenes that could mm-hmm. could sometimes in a way take you out of the story. So it's, it's good that you don't see them as a reader. Um, right. But I, I think that there was uh, some... Um, you know, there was a an empty space on, on, on comic book YouTube on that. Some channels do that, uh, but they can't, they don't, and they probably can't because again, we're two. Uh, they can't put together videos like that because it's a huge amount of work. Uh, right. and, and a working artist is never going to be able to do that by themselves. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, even handling the writing part, just that is really hard with the comic books and all the work that I'm doing on the side Mm -hmm. as a professional artist. So of of course, no one can do what we do because we're two. (laughs) Right, right. And, you know, that was going to lead me to my next question, which was, you know, what does the production process look like? You know, you said you do writing, but uh, Pyrrhic does a lot of the everything else. Um, What does that everything else look like from like start to finish, especially when you're saying, you know, you guys were filming things, you know, and making things back in like December and they're launching in April. Uh, What does the planning look like for for like maybe a single video? So ideally, and it hasn't been ideal (laughs) so far because, you know, Mm -hmm. we're we're still in the process of making it it part of a routine and it's hard. Uh, So we had a few videos Um, ahead you know that were done because we knew that when we launched it would be hard to get into a rhythm Mm -hmm. Um, but what we would like to do starting a couple weeks from now is taking a week a week and a half um, to like film everything and film like a couple shows per because we have different type of shows we have a book club like you said we have case studies and all of the all of those shows have a different setup and the setups and the lighting take a lot of time to like just build and put together and make it to make it work so when you have to um, build a set for just the one show it's a waste of time what we should do is like film two or three in the same set and we haven't been able to do that because i haven't been able to write them ahead uh, because I, I don't have enough time. So what we will be doing is like film everything over a week, week and a half. But to go gotcha. back to, you, to your question and answer it more a bit more precisely. So what we'll do is um, we'll figure out what we want to do. Like this uh, case study, for example, is going to be about this or that book. I will. Oh, I thought we were going to get an exclusive uh, right I'm, here. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about one. We are going to be doing an Akira case study at some point. Oh my! 
because oh of course you know <laughs> uh so we will I, I don't know if it's going to be the next one or but it will happen i've started writing something i'm not happy with it so i'm going to toss it and start over <laughs> oh so there is a lot of that <laughs> which right, doesn't right. help um well I mean, it does, I will say like the quality of the videos that we've seen, it's proof like you're not going to get it on the first, you know, shot, but from what ends up being the end of that process, I mean, all the videos are great so far. So you know like, the, if that's what you got to do, I'm all for it. Yeah, the, the case, the first case study that we did, uh, which was the Hawkeye, we filmed it three different times over the course of two, of two weeks. And it was like, this is not good enough. The lightning is not good enough. My delivery mm. uh, likes maybe dynamism or, you know, all the, and we tossed shows after shows. It was like, we are never going to launch. <laughs> um, eventually <laughs> we got into a groove. And so now we keep what we shoot. <laughs> most of I see. I see. Um, so once we decide on what we do, I will write it. Um, and uh, Pierre will start thinking about a way to film it because of course, you know, as a creative person, even though we're doing specific shows that are, you know, series of the same shows, it's also, you. I, I don't want it to become boring for him and he doesn't mm -hmm. want to. So he needs to create every time and find new things to add or a twist on the show, you know, all, all of these things. So he will start thinking about this ahead while I write. And then when I'm ready, we build the set and we shoot. And after that, I go back to my stuff. Uh, if we need to record a voiceover, we will record that on the day that we shoot. I will go back to drawing my comics and then he will edit, handle the sound um, and everything that you need to do to, to edit a YouTube video. And it's a lot mm -hmm. of work. <laughs> so with uh, your, your process with, with writing uh, what you want to convey in, in each episode. One of the things that I found most interesting about your channel is the what if sequences where either you're taking an existing comic book page and saying, I could convey this information in these other ways, or whether it's your film adaptation uh, videos where you're translating a film scene to a comic book page and saying I could draw it this way or I could draw it this way and kind of going through that thought process uh, when you're brainstorming for those segments like do you just have pages and pages and pages covered with little panels of your concepts and then you uh, just end up picking the ones that you think the work best to show some examples like what does that process look like um, not necessarily usually what you see on the screen or in the video is the ones that I found. So there is not a huge amount of stuff that uh, don't get, that get tossed away uh, because it's, um, you know, principles that are, that I know and that I know work. So um, yeah, I just, what I found, I put in there. <laughs> that <But> is... <laughs> it's, it's something that I do, you know, as a, when I, lay out my pages, I will do alternate versions of panels. Um, so that's why gotcha. I, I, I put that in there because that's just what I do to make sure that it's the right uh, shot. It's the right framing. It's the right angle, all of that. Uh, I, I do alternate versions of panels for me. So when I analyze someone else's work, I will do that and that helps me understand why this specific panel, the one that made it in the page, was the right one. So in these YouTube videos, we are we are truly seeing your process just applied to different things. Yes, basically. And that's also one of the motivation of this of that channel is it's stuff that I do on my mm -hmm. spare time. Uh, you know, the figuring out the balance of black and white or just penciling um, pages that I, you know, that I see on a book that I love to try and understand the, the eye flow and all of that. I did that for years and years and still do it, maybe to a lesser degree now, uh, to improve. And uh, mm -hmm. so it felt natural for me to just write them and film them 
I, I do love that you do share this, this appreciation for different artists and different um, techniques on your channel. I, I feel like a, a recurring theme with uh, people saying, well, how can I break into comics? And the answer from creators is always make comics. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You want to draw, draw, you want to write, write. <laughs> it's because it's, it's people get confused with art. They think that mm-hmm. art is a talent. Um, and mm-hmm. it's, I'm, it, I don't think it is. No one would ask like someone, a carpenter, how do I break in into carpentry? You have to build <laughs> stuff, you know, out of word. And that's the only way that you're going to get better and, and find a job. And it's the same with art. And uh, because it's, it's a career in art is so romanticized People imagine mm-hmm. that there is some kind of like key or secret that you need to be in to break in. But no, you just have to do it until you're good enough to be seen by an editor or decide that you want to do it on your own. Uh, but the, the only way to get better is just to do it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to hear that. Everyone just wants the secret formula. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I, I I listened to, I can't remember who it was because I, I listened to interviews of artists and, and I'm not specifically talking about comic book artists, but, you know, singers or musicians and all of that. And it's really interesting for me to understand their perspective. And someone said something um you know, someone was asking that artist, that musician, um, you know, but life is hard. How do I get over um, roadblocks? You know, how can I, because sometimes people will will, will want to, uh, you know, discourage you from doing what we do, what you want to do. And she said, just let it. If it can't, if it can keep you from your dream, it's not really your dream. You know, hmm. if you have an alternative or if you think that if it th- this doesn't work out, I can always do this, then maybe art is not for you because I really believe, and it can be, it, it can feel maybe harsh to say it that way. And I'm sorry if it sounds, it, it come across as harsh, um, but I, art and the art world is so hard that if you have an alternative, you know, another option to make a living that you feel comfortable with, uh, then you're going to go that route because art is really, really hard, you know? And mm-hmm. myself, like a lot of other artists that I know, I um, I know that I wouldn't have been able to do anything else but art. Like I am not capable of having a regular job. I got, before I became an artist, I got fired of the jobs that I had, like after a couple of weeks, because I, I just can't do it. <laughs> and so I Not had about no, that nine to five life. No, I had just had no choice, no other choice than just do the art and until it works because I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to hold like a regular job. I'm not capable of it. I don't know why it just is. And so that's why for me, it was in a way easy because it was just my only option. Hmm. I don't know why I'm saying this because I don't think that no, was the I, question, but I no, it's, <laughs> just, it's so it's very insightful. It's it's so interesting because you know my, Mike and I have have worked with uh, people who like they have a day job and then they do their art on on their free time, and so hearing the 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 point of view of no, there's there's art or there's nothing, and you're you're very clearly doing a lot of different things to make sure that art can stay uh, Mm -hmm. your career and something that uh, Um, keeps a roof over your head. I want to make a, like a a distinction when you were talking about people who hold a job and have art, whether comics or anything else as a, maybe a paid hobby, they do some, you know, art, but they don't rely uh, solely on it to make, to, to live. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. I think that, you know, I know a lot of creators who do that. Uh, They are Mm -hmm. very brave because they have a job. And then on top of that, they create. 
And I think that's great. And I, I don't see it as, you know, you're never going to be able to be an artist full time because you have a job because they are okay with the idea of art being just a, a, a part time thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's a distinction. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it if you're okay with it, but saying that, you know, I want to make art, but it's, it's hard. I don't know what to do. All of those things. Um, like it, I don't have the time. I don't have the yes, energy. Yes, I don't have any ideas. That's, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, of course it's hard. It's, uh, and, and part of why, If I, I made a, a video on that, how I re, you know started uh, doing comics professionally. And when I realized that I liked to draw and I wanted to draw for a living, I went back to live with my parents because I knew myself and I knew that I would never be able to have a day job and do comics at the same time. And the only mm -hmm. option was, you know, to live rent free. <laughs> So, that's, <laughs> right. but, but I know creators who do that, you have a job and, and they can make it work. Um, but I mean, it's, you know, I'm in awe of people who can do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's, it's definitely, definitely an, inter an interesting perspective because I think I, I totally understand what you're getting at. It's like, you need to have that drive or, or something, you know, you can't just, you can't just fall back and say like, well, this is too challenging. I guess I can't do it. Um, because like Which you said, like that. Okay. It's totally right. okay. If it doesn't right. end up being a career, it can just be a very fulfilling hobby. There's nothing wrong mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. You know, it, as, is, long as, as no... long as you accept it. Right. Right. There's no one right or wrong way to be involved with art. Absolutely. Of course. It's it, it's not because you're not paid that you're not an artist. I felt mm -hmm. I was an artist before I got paid. It's just, right. you know, frame of mind. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong about deciding, I don't think I can fit into that industry or I think it's too hard and I just want to create comics on my own and have a job and that's great. Mm -hmm. um, no, definitely. Um, I I do want to try to bring it back to the channel. Um, oh, yeah, just sure. a little bit. Just <laughs> it's no, all no, no, challenging. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I really do appreciate it because I think that that's you know, like you you said, you had a video about this, um, which I think is a very like a very vulnerable thing to put out there. You know, to tell your story where you you had to humble yourself. You had to go out there and say like, I know I want to do this, so therefore I need to kind of like step back and I need to build up my, my, my entire portfolio of things. Like, I think that's, that's super great for people. And I think that this is like a, a really interesting message, which kind of segues into the other question that I had of like, um, you know, once cons eventually fingers crossed, hopefully, oh, you know, I'll start back up and stuff. Do you think you'll take this channel on the road to try to like push that message or encourage people to like keep, you know, trying to break into the arts and all that kind of stuff, like with a panel to, you know, explain that story and then also kind of maybe do things that you would do on the channel, maybe at a panel or something like that. Well, that would be hard. Uh, I don't see myself <laughs> well, yeah. doing this live just yet. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> Although it is a, it is a good idea. Yeah. I could see, but it's, it would be sort of a masterclass, you know, some artists do that. I don't right, feel quite right. ready for that. Just sure. Just, sure. Sure. Just yet. But we'll, one of the goals that we have, Um, and it's tied up to the, to the Patreon too, is that mm -hmm. at some point we would like to go on the road and see artists in their studios instead of doing this over Zoom, uh, and oh. actually go visit their studio and travel across the, the globe and, and, and talk to them in their work environment. That's one of the goals that we have. So yeah, definitely. There yeah, will, there I, will be, a, be a component of you know traveling in the channel in the in the month right. to come. Yeah, oh, I man. think that would be fascinating. If only because I know I've seen some artist studios like you know through YouTube clips and other things like other interviews and stuff. But to actually get that breakdown, you know, talk like artist to artist and stuff, and even just to do something um, with the perspective that your your channel offers, I think would be really really exciting. We were thinking about maybe doing some something like the case the case studies, so breaking down either a page or a panel, and have the artists that we're visiting choose that page or that panel, and doing that oh. with them. You know, that Very could be cool. that could be fun. 
Yeah. That sounds awesome. Also, uh, to come back to the production values, like Micah said, sometimes you see some glimpses of of artist studios or however much people want to share about their spaces on social media. But that, but with your channel's production values, it's just going to heighten the <laughs> yeah, whole experience yeah. for everybody. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that would be the challenging part because when you travel, you can't you know bring your lights and reflectors. <laughs> so that would be <laughs> challenging to achieve like a professionally um a professional look without all the equipment that we have back at the studio it can be right. done of course, just you and yeah. you and Peric with just uh you know a, <laughs> like huge backpacks full of lights and cameras and stuff yeah, like probably. that just bursting I, into I, giant I studios so. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh well you know we're, we're we're sort of running out of tape here i don't know care if you had anything else you wanted to get into or one more question you wanted to ask before we wrap up here Ooh. uh well, first, uh, just a thank you for creating your channel, because I uh, listeners to the show know that I don't really focus on art when I'm reading comics. It's just my eyes go. St- I know, I know, my eyes <laughs> know. go. St- oh my, my eyes go. St- I know, my eyes go straight to the words. Mm. So watching your channel was really helpful for me in terms of my my visual literacy of understanding the the breakdowns of of the pages so uh i i personally found that very enlightening and uh thank you please keep making videos oh, <laughs> they're really you. helpful thank you and, we will <laughs> and uh on on our break we um we were talking about your your wardrobe on the show a little bit and mm-hmm. i said i can't i can't ask you this question it's so sexist like would we would we think to ask a dude how did you pick your wardrobe for this show but i just kept staring at your wardrobe the whole time because it was so good <laughs> It's, if it can make you feel better, like I said, it's a dude who picked out the clothes. So it's not really a sexist <laughs> question to me because I didn't pick out the clothes Pierre did. He's way better at it than I am. <laughs> he dresses he really, me basically. <laughs> really is the whole director of the vision of the aesthetics oh, oh, for it. Like I said, I just write the text and just sit in where he tells me to and and uh, wear what he tells me to, <laughs> which is fine by me. You know, I'm happy to comply. <laughs> That's great. You're both working to your strengths and it's it's creating a, a great product. Um, where can our listeners find your, your YouTube page and your Patreon page? So my YouTube uh, page is on my Twitter. It's, I think it's one of them, like, pin tweet or uh, and you just google my oh, like i guess you can't say google when you're in youtube but just type in my name when you're in youtube <laughs> and you'll find it uh and uh, my patreon it is also linked in on my twitter yeah we'll grab links for that stuff and, and drop it in the show notes um and folks can find you where, what's where can people find you on on twitter and the rest of the internet under my name you know Okay. Um, okay. Cool. As, as easy, and I'm I'm not extremely like present on social media. I would like to be mm-hmm. more, <laughs> but you know, whew, I, <laughs> you're working. A, yeah, you know, I uh, yeah, <laughs> I will Very try busy. to be Understand. a bit more present and all of that. But it's another thing to do, you know. <laughs> I do want to say because we do have a, a bunch of our our listeners uh on our discord in in our live room and uh they've been screaming in in caps lock how much they loved your second art book so i wanted to make sure i was passing that along that is so great to hear thank you so much it's it has been quite a ride the company was huge so naturally the fulfilling was a nightmare so i'm really happy that people (laughs) got their book and they're happy about it yep yeah yeah, people are very, very excited. One of our one of our listeners did like an unboxing video, I think, and uh, he was floored by the Harley print that oh, he got. Oh, I saw uh, that for... video. Oh, that oh, made okay, my cool. day. Oh, good, that good. just made my day. It was so sweet. <laughs> the, the hands on his cheeks. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is so great. I think he'll be very excited to hear that. Um, well, Elsa, thank you so much for coming thank on you. the show. This has been amazing. We're so happy we got to talk to you again. And, you know, good luck with the rest of the YouTube stuff. I can't wait to see the next big project you're working on. Is there another volume of November coming out that I'm just not aware of? Or am I thinking that? The, the, the four volume of November uh, are out. So November is okay. done with. Uh, and I have a new ongoing series 
series that is coming out at Image uh, in the fall. And this is new and this is going to be great. (laughs) Oh, I'm very excited. That's that's fantastic. Well, um, don't forget, folks, you can follow the rest of us on uh, Twitter. You can follow Kara at Kara SM. You can follow me at Mike Rappin. And you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at IRCB Podcast, where we post pretty regularly, at least our stories. This episode first aired on Patreon and is possible because of our wonderful patrons. Join today for exclusive series like IRCB Movie Club, Saga of Saga, and more. Join now at patreon.com slash IRCB podcast. And if you haven't already, please rate and review our show. Five stars, right? On (laughs) Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help us spread the word about IRCB. You can join our Discord today to listen to episodes live, talk about comic books, talk about the Aliens RPG, which is a big deal for us, uh, apparently, as well <laughs> as many other things. That's just a quick jab at our friend Nick. Um, and uh, make sure you can you can listen to episodes live and come to our monthly hangouts that we do. That's at ircbpodcast.com slash Discord. And it would help us a lot if you told your friends and your local comic book shop about our show. Infinity Shred does all of our music. They are the best band in the universe. I want to thank Xander for editing us and making us just sound so fantastic. What a guy. I want to say thanks to Elsa again for being on the show. And thank you to Kara for being here with me to talk. And until next time, comics are good. And so are you. <laughs>